Welcome in to Fresh Takes with Russo and Felice. I'm Paul Russo across from me. As always, Nick Felice, behind the scenes, Nate Sharman. Appreciate his help as always. Coming to you guys live from the third floor, North Park Building, and the FingerLakes1.com studios in what is a very wet but mild Seneca Falls, New York. But yeah. Nick, can you believe this is our fifth Super Bowl spectacular on Fresh Takes? Ah, uh, is it? Fifth. Room and Normal V. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's, that's crazy that we've been on the air for that long. But, you know, Paul, Nate, this is a – I think you said this last week. This is mm-hmm. a, one of my favorite podcasts, you know, the Super Bowl, getting ready for it. Obviously not too happy that the Eagles are in this game, but looking forward to it as always. It's going to be a fun one. So, obviously, that will be the bulk of our show, right? Super Bowl. We do everything, right? If you're if, – if, You've, if you've listened to the ones in the past for us, you're a long-time listener, you know exactly what we're going to talk about. If you're new, we, we try and rattle off as much as we things, right? The on-the-field stuff, right? The key factors, everything like that. Going to the betting side of things. We go into our personal stuff, like what we, what we do, what we have fun with. And then uh, I'll also discuss, obviously, the entertainment portion of it, a little bit of the halftime show. So, uh, But uh, we also <laughs> we can't ignore the fact that the NBA trade deadline is at 3 p.m. Eastern today on Thursday the 9th. Uh, and we've already had some mega trades happen. It's been a very busy, very active trade deadline. So we'll discuss what's kind of happened a little bit there, um, what's kind of in the pipeline that we've seen. Uh, so we'll spend a couple minutes, obviously, at the, at the end. But first, it's time to dive in. The Kansas City Chiefs. Was that a Julie Chen, but first? I guess it was. But first. <laughs> Chiefs, Eagles. Super Bowl 57, we've made it to the big game. What a football season. Yeah. And look, two great representatives for each conference going at it for, for the big game. Yeah, I mean, these, I mean, hate to say it, obviously. Not a big Eagles guy, but. Neither all of us are. <laughs> uh, but these are the two best teams in their respective conferences. I don't know if they're the two best teams in the NFL. I think maybe we saw that last week with the maybe the Bengals, Chiefs, maybe the Bills. You can still put them in the top three ahead of the Eagles. Uh, but the Eagles, they're loaded, man. Mm-hmm. Loaded offensive line, loaded defensive front. You know, Jalen Hurts has become an elite quarterback this year. Uh, I don't know. They, they're very good. They're definitely in the top five. I, you can put them two if you want. Some people might put them one. They could easily win this football game this week uh, because I think the Chiefs are – the Eagles are just a little more healthier. I'm a little concerned about Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and the Chiefs, you know, already like guys like McCall, McCall – what's his name? Hardman? I don't know. Michael Hardman. Yeah, he's out. So, uh, it's going to – I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, obviously, pulling for the Chiefs. Uh, but these – right now, these are the two best teams in the, each conference. So, we got the best. So you mentioned, I think we, I think health is kind of the one of the bigger storylines here, really overall, uh, and obviously the main factor in that is Mahomes and that ankle. Um, we didn't see a ton of pressure exactly in the way that I think either one of us would have say coached a game in that sense, where uh, we would have tried to figure out a way to force Mahomes to kind of be out on that ankle a little bit, and then he. <coughs> excuse me, more than he was. Um, that being said, kind of saw, look, he, he, he was 100% a couple weeks ago. I, I understand he, there was a week off, and I get that. But I, I don't see a way he's 100% still yet. That's just not the way these high angle sprains work. No. That being said, I mean, he's probably anywhere in that 75 to 90% range, I'd say, of probably being back at this point. Um, which, look, at that point, you're hobbling a little bit, but nothing crazy. And it's going to help. You're, you're, now, the interesting part in this, they're playing at, is it still called University of Phoenix Field Stadium? or The Cardinals Field. Whatever. I think it's called State Farm. State Farm? I think, right. but I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Either way. What, the most unique thing about, about this dome in particular as we still call it right the indoor facilities the fact that as opposed to other domes where it's the artificial turf they have the natural playing surface because they roll in and out that being said shout out super bowl 42 right 
That being said, <laughs> look at you smirking over there. <laughs> but like I said, that being said, the, the surface is still a more, we'll call it level playing field in terms of nothing so just randomly give out on you or anything like that. So I think the worry for Mahomes has probably become more of an afterthought. That being said, it could all take could be just one bad step and he's gone. You know, I mean, that's, that's just Chad the Henning's fact. Chad Henning's going to be leading this team. Right. So, it'll be interesting to kind of keep an eye on there. You mentioned McCole Hardman. I mean, he's been out, though, for a while, or at the very least, they've been very much so on the, um, you know, juju usage, um, McKinnon usage, MVS when he's been back here and healthy a little bit more um who's that who's 84 that random guy that just popped up watson <laughs> yeah who i had in fantasy for a week i picked him up because they just had like no receivers one week uh so i mean look they've they've found guys and obviously it goes without saying that they have kelsey right flip side of that the eagles don't have a ton of question marks kind of going into this game right i mean we just know what they got and there's no i'd say concerns health-wise at least that's really kind of on the front of my brain anyway. The only question marks I think the Eagles have is, like, how is Jalen Hurts, how is Nick Sirianni going to handle a game like this? Because they've never been in a game like mm-hmm. this as in those positions, you know. I don't, I don't know. Where did Nick Sirianni come from? I know he's technically from the Reed tree, but I don't think that was his direct last stop. Okay. I can check that. So, I don't know though. if he's ever been in a Super Bowl. But he's never been in a Super Bowl as a head coach. But, so, it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it because we've seen a lot of great teams get to the Super Bowl and they just they never could you know get that next step to hoist the Lombardi Trophy like you know Cam Newton's Panthers oh, wow. that year Matt I, Ryan's Falcons I've quite the uh, Sarani uh, situation here so he is technically from the Andy Reid tree but his last stop was with the Colts as offensive coordinator before becoming Philly's head coach but. Can we take a guess at where Nick Sarani is originally from? Italy. Okay. I'm you're I'm he is Italian American, but <laughs> <laughs> not born in Italy. I saw Nate Nate eagerly went to the mic and backed away over there. You're talking about where he's from geographically or yeah, what team yeah. he's from? Where he's from geographically. Uh no, I don't know. New okay. Jersey? Okay, I thought I thought you knew the way you went up to the mic. Dundee right Bradford? Huh? Dundee Bradford? You're close. Yates County? From Jamestown, New York. Oh, really? That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, so pretty interesting. Went to college at Mountain Union, but now we're just diving way into the weeds of uh, different stuff there. So, yeah. But, look, technically from the Reed Tree, although the last stop was under Frank Reich, so – Kind of plays into a little is, bit. Is this you look at this the Kelsey Bowl or the Andy Reid Bowl? I don't, I don't know if I necessarily look at it as either. And you look at the Super Bowl. There was You're a basic. lot. There was a well, no, there was a lot of talk of it last week, and this week it's kind of tapered off a little bit. But I do find it interesting. This is the first time in NFL history that we have two black starting quarterbacks playing against each other in the Super Bowl. Um, it's kind of I don't know if it's maybe necessarily crazy to think about because if you actually and we aren't really the podcast to to use this vehicle. Uh, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, you look through the, the history of it. I mean, is it Doug Williams and Patrick Mahomes are two, only two winning black starting quarterbacks in NFL history, I think. I believe. I could be wrong. But, it, I can't. but it, it's just kind of like one of those things where and even then, I mean, not to go down the rabbit hole too much, but – like the Packers haven't started a black quarterback ever yet. Like there's just like a lot of different. Oh, they, I thought either, they, either they, way, I thought they started Seneca Wallace back in the day. Yeah, but not like have it be their number one type yeah. situation. So, um, yeah. I, again, I, I I don't know. I there's there's a lot of different storylines, right? Because obviously we have the the black quarterback situation. We have you mentioned the Andy Reid Bowl. We have the Kelsey brothers going against each other. There's a couple different storylines here. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to rank them one ahead of the other or anything like that. Because to me, I find all that kind of stuff cool in its own special way. 
You know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, I think to me, if I had to pick one, I do pick the black quarterback starting against each other just because I, it is kind of crazy to think about we're at Super Bowl 57 now and it's the first time it's ever happened. It's kind of crazy in the back of your head to think about. Yeah. I mean, and some people might think Jalen Hurts is the better quarterback coming into this game. Uh, obviously, when Pat, well, when Patrick Mahomes is Right, I was about to say, I think the only reason why we're at that point is because of the health question mark at this point anyway. I mean, Patrick Mahomes had a great year, but I don't know. Jalen Hurts had a breakout year this so, year. So. so I don't want to – I don't like doing the whole entire awards thing, but the NFL awards thing is tonight, and both Hurts and Mahomes are – up for MVP? Pretty much, yeah. I was about to say the two odds on favorites to, to win MVP. Who's the other guy? Josh Allen, I think, right? Like, it had to be Josh, right? Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, do you think uh, Do you think if one wins it over the other, there's going to be a little extra gas in the tank for, for Sunday? Nah. I mean... You don't think? I think I think for Mahomes there is, if it hurts her to win. Who's, it, who's expected to win? Mahomes, I think it's pretty much over. Is it Mahomes? Yeah, I think so. All right. I'm not totally sure, but I'm, I, that's I, what I've seen. I anyway. lean Hurts because, I mean, we saw what the Eagles kind of were see if I can find the odds. <laughs> so, I don't know. I I think I think if Hurts were to win, I think Mahomes, if anything, it does have a little extra gas in the tank. It's not anything I think via him. I think it's via his uh, family. If we, I mean, look how far Hurts has come. He was the quarterback that got benched yeah. for Tua in the national title game. Yeah. And Tua led him to the comeback. And mm-hmm. Crazy. So oh, Joe Burrow should be there, too. But, yeah, um, yeah, I think Mahomes is pretty much the favorite. Yeah, so, All right, let's, um, let's kind of transition over here. Um, let's talk about some betting stuff because um, – I made a couple prop bets. That a boy. Um, so oh, you don't want to hear about him. Hold on. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I'll get to that in a second. Uh, look at the money line right now. The, the general consensus is the Eagles are the favorites, uh, sitting at roughly minus 125 on the money line. Chiefs at plus 105. One-half point spread uh, for the most part you're looking at with the Eagles being the favorites there. Uh, Over-under at 51, kind of what you're looking at there. So. It's what you're looking at in the general basis of at least the game-wise, but as Nick, you brought up, prop betting is, uh, I think, to me, the name of the game in the Super Bowl for the most part. Uh, so, what were the two that you've gone with so far? Then? Actually, I made three. Okay, you have three. What are the three you've gone with then so far? Uh, three I've gone with so far. I made this out of, shout out Del Lago. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> uh, underdog. When I, I went with a... Three underdogs because I wanted to make some money. I didn't put too much money down. I think sure. five bucks each. But uh, I have Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown made three pointers more than Patrick Mahomes touchdown passes. Oh well, that's mm-hmm. you might be getting a refund for that. Then I have some bad news. Jalen Brown's probably out indefinitely. Did you see what happened last night to him? No. Him and Jason Tamron after a rebound, they came together, and Tatum's elbow went, like, right into his eye. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's disappointing. I I feel very bad for telling you this news and breaking in this way. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, I'm with another slight underdog. Philadelphia Flyers goals on Sunday. Okay. Over Eagles touchdowns. Hmm. Who do the e- – okay, hold on. I'll let you – Sure, I'm looking to see who the And my last are. one, plus two thousand, one buck put down. There will be a score gunny. Ooh. So you're saying against the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. The Eagles or the Flyers will have more more goals than the Eagles will have touchdowns. Ooh. I think they're gonna get about three or four goals. Oh gosh. I don't know about that one. Kraken are getting ready for the Super Bowl. What? So are the Flyers. You think the Flyers will be getting ready more, but <laughs> Nate, I'm gonna lean on you. I, I, that, that's a tough one. Tough one to sled. I'd say. Yeah, I hope you got good odds, uh, Nick. Hope you got good odds. <laughs> because I, the Kraken, I don't think they're gonna score three or four goals. I, or the Flyers, excuse me. Kraken play good defense. Yeah. It was only plus one ten. Uh oh. Uh oh. It was for now. It okay. was only five bucks. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I kind of want to. Take a take a look here because I kind of brought up a little bit, but I do want to go f- a bit further deeper here. Um, 
I had to get to the right tab. I apologize. Who's singing the national anthem? Uh, I don't know. I've heard rumors it's Chris Stapleton. Chris Stapleton, I'm yes. Oh, okay. Well, I'm actually with Take that. the over. I'm with yeah, uh, I think 24 over. seconds. What is it? 124 seconds is what I saw. Ooh. Uh-huh. So. It went under last year, Mickey Guyton. Um, but Chris Stapleton seems to be a little bit of a slower singer, per se. He, I do like some Chris Stapleton. Can Chris Stapleton yeah. bet it? Can he? Uh, I don't know. Does Arizona have a mobile book? I think they do, right? I saw it smells like collusion to me. But collusion <laughs> in the kingdom, yeah. So um, I mentioned this a little bit on our morning show today. Nate knows this very much so about me. Nick, you know this very much so about me. Big special teams guy. Bless you. I'm a big special teams guy. A field goal, over half a field goal in the first quarters plus, is even money right now. Plus money at plus 100. Total field goals made in the game is over two and a half. That's what it's currently sitting at right now. I think I'm going to try and find a way to, and this is where I think maybe some people can kind of get tripped up a little bit potentially. potentially. And I think if I can find a way to same game parlay those things with a couple other things, I think that's the way to go. Um, I do personally think, and not to go too far down the road with what we're going to discuss anyway, I do think this game goes under. That's been the trend in the Super Bowl the past four years. In fact, what's funny, though, the last over in a Super Bowl was the Eagles-Patriots Super Bowl. So that's interesting. But like I, 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 I've, I've said this, if you want to go look back, it's kind of an alternating history. You have to go back to, I believe it's like the mid-2000s, to find a run where the over was consistently happening. But outside of that, it's been like two Super Bowls in a row where it's over, two Super Bowls in a row under, kind of so on and so forth until we've gotten to this run the past four Super Bowls of all of them going under. Uh, I still think that's the case. This one, I think if you go the same game parlay route, I think you certainly might want to tease it up a little bit to be safe. Not, no harm, no foul there. Or if you want to go over what we're looking at with the 51, for example, you tease that maybe back a little bit. Um if you do the same game parlay route, you know, if you're just going to flat bet it, um, you know, personally speaking, I, I probably would just take the under 51 at that point. Um, that's just my opinion. I We obviously know about the Eagles defense, right? Really good. Uh, the Chiefs defense, anytime they make these playoff runs, they do a lot of bend, don't bring stuff. Spagnuolo, look, he will blitz to no end as the game gets going. Um he kind of feels it out in the first little bit, and then he'll pick it up, and the pace continues to pick up as the game goes on. I just see more of that. Look, and I get it, right? Hertz probably has a better ability to run out of that than, say, a Joe Burrow, who they faced last week. But, um, you know, they weren't exactly – I'd say they – in terms of mobile quarterbacks, they struggled to keep Josh Allen contained when it came to that as well. And they still have some dogs on that D-line. I think, you know, where it gets interesting kind of becomes the linebacking core a little bit and stuff like that. But, you know, Jones is a monster, and that goes without saying. kind of holds that down. So um, I'd say that's most who I'm looking at. I'd love nothing more in the world if – some people start buying into that spread a little bit more one way or another and kind of adjust it. Personally speaking, if you're going to say bet in that sense because it's only a point and a half still, I would just go money line, like get a better perceived value, especially if you're just if you're going to bet the Chiefs. Um, just bet their money line like their dogs are plus 105. Like just go ahead and grab it and go. Like don't waste your time grabbing – a point and a half when, you know, it only it's only going to help you in a very small window capacity. Um, interesting, though. I, I didn't realize you could kind of bet scoregamis if that happens. I saw it at Del Lago. Plus so. 2,000 for yes. And so, I'll, Nate, I'm going to toss it to you actually here quickly because um, you brought up a, a good one earlier today, and I, I, want, I want Nick's reaction to this. So what was the one prop bet that you kind of came upon? In terms of the halftime show, you mean? No, 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 no. The um, Oh, the octopus? Yes, the octopus. Oh, Nick, do you know what an octopus is in football? I just figured this out today, so no, no worries if you don't know. I do not. 
Okay. An octopus, you can bet on it. I think it's like 1,500 on that green book. Um, it's, it's if a player scores the touchdown and gets the two-point conversion. It's called an octopus. I didn't know that, but you mm-hmm. could bet that. Wow. How about that? Nick, also, Rihanna halftime show. I know you guys talked a little bit about that. What do you think the first song will be? I have been told, I've been asked this question a lot lately, this mm-hmm. last week. I Was have, it you who brought something to my attention about that? I don't think so, but okay. I've been sold. It's going to be Diamonds. Okay. I, I think it's going to be Please Don't Stop the Music. I can't remember who told me this then, but somebody told me, that's why I thought it was you, Nick. I thought it was you who told me this. So, so like, I, for, I don't know who, somebody online did it. You could go back and track because she's I also saw two, that TikTok. She's out on a t- Okay, so you know what I'm talking about yeah. then, Nate. Well, not a spe- specifically, that's a hard word to say, about Rihanna, but yeah. about the last the few last half ones, shows. Yeah. Right. But apparently she's out on tour right now. Well, not out on tour. She's done some shows here enough that it constitutes enough of a pool, I guess. And the song she's opened with has been Stay. Now, if you go back through the past few Super Bowl performers who have been on tours or enough of the shows before. <laughs> Damn, you did a lot of they, research. They could pull us together. Their opening song that they do on tour in their shows is the one they open with for the Super Bowl. So if that's the case, if Rihanna's going to do Stay, I'm like, eh, I don't know about it. It's not giving me a good – that doesn't that's give That's not me, a good Super Bowl opening. No. It's a good song. So, so I will go with my personal favorite Rihanna song then. Okay. Any guesses of what it could be? Uh, Disturbia. Okay, we have Disturbia. It's the one with Kanye. You said it earlier in the week. Huh? Isn't it the one with Kanye? I don't think Kanye's in it, no. Oh. No. I can't remember that. Shut Up and Drive. That's what I'm going with. I'm going to Shut Up and Drive as her opening song. So you're, you're going... Uh, diamonds. Diamonds. Nate, you're going with what again? Please don't stop the music. You Please. said Umbrella earlier in the week, didn't you? No, I said Shut Up and Drive. I mean, she's going to play Umbrella, right? Like, that's just an obvious. Yeah, okay. We Found Love's another good one, too. Ooh, that's a good one, yeah. I bet you that's one like a oh, mid- she has a lot of good songs. Will yeah. uh, Shy Ronnie song come out? Uh, Lonely Island? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um... I am intrigued, though. Do we know who's coming out with her for the Super Bowl halftime? I would guess Jay-Z. That's my guess. You're going Jay-Z? I don't think they've announced it yet, right? Kanye? <laughs> no. ASAP <laughs> Rocky, be it. I mean, that's her counterpart. So. Yeah. But I think it'd be Kanye. Or not Kanye. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it'll be Jay-Z. Yeah. I kind of like that guess. Jay-Z out west right now, or too. Drake? Ooh. Ooh, that could play. That could be an interesting one there. Now that you mentioned it, Drake. Yeah, kind of like where your head's at, Nate. I like where your head's at. I saw a pretty cool prop bet this week for you guys. Um, what will occur first, a uh, Heineken or a Bud Light commercial? I like Can I that. take the uh, field? I don't think either. You don't think a Heineken or a Bud Light commercial will air the entire Super Bowl? No, there it will, but you're saying what will happen first out of the two, or can I have the field? Out of the two. Oh. Heineken. It was even. It was a pick em. I'm on Heineken. It's toss. I got Doritos. <laughs> Doritos is usually early. I'm trying to find where it was, but I, I saw it earlier, and I, I lost where it is, but... um. It's like plus like fifteen hundred to bet any offensive lineman to get a touchdown at any time. For for either team, so you might as well just bet the Kelsey brothers. Yeah, I mean maybe, but it's tough to. Move. Here's the issue though with that, and I don't. This is why to me, it's a it's a dumb bet to make. If you're the Chiefs and you, you're on the off, you're out, you're coming out and you hear that sixty two is an eligible receiver, like. You know what's up, right? Probably. And I don't think the Eagles are going to jeopardize their own line for that. I think you're hoping that it's going to be a fumble recovery of some sort for his own team and advancing it. I just, I, I, we've had so much talks in the last couple of weeks that the NFL is scripted. I just, I don't know. I just, I have a tough time seeing that happening. I just do. Yeah, probably. Won't happen. That's why it's thirty-five to one. Are All you right. guys, are you guys the ones about the the coin toss? No. Oh, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> oh, for sure. Tails never fails. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not. You have to bet the coin toss in the Super Bowl. It's even, it's even money. It's a great bet. Yeah. Um, so, 
Nate, this is your first time here with us for this, and we'll, we'll I'll toss it to you first. Go to Super Bowl snack. You're at your, whether it's at the at your house or you're at a party, you walk up to the table. What's the first thing you're putting on the plate? Uh, chicken wing dip. Yes. <laughs> I agree. I I think I agree. One of us. One of us. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, here's the here's the great. actual question though. And I have a potential hot take because I don't know how everybody feels about you this. You have a hot take. There's a surprise. <laughs> Best chip for the buffalo chicken wing dip best chip scoops so, so you're saying scoops okay scoops are good uh, i have to really think about it i'm not assuming hint, anything that's not hint of lime i'm assuming tostitos scoops right i just like hint of lime okay i'll probably go i not to not to agree again but i'll go I, i'll go with scoops They're you're good. both you're both wrong it's either the frito scoop <laughs> oh frito scoop's good okay or the blue corn tortilla chip. Both good options. Yes. But I think they're better than the Tostito scoop. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, the, t- the, t- the Tostito scoop is pretty good. Okay. Mm. All right. That's fair. That's fair. No, that will happen. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, so, I think it's time. I think we got to do some predictions here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Got to take one in the throat. <laughs> Over, under, the 51 and a half. Where are you saying? I'm going to go over. Okay. Nate? Over. Guess I'm taking the under. Lone wolf. Okay. <laughs> 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 Um, do we want to do this money? We'll do it by spread. The one and a half. Who do you have winning with the spread? Uh, Even though, like I said, to me, it doesn't make a difference because this is so I'll small. I'll shock the podcast. Shock the, shock the world. I'm going Eagles. Okay. Uh, Eagles for me as well. Eagles as well. I so I think that kind of makes our predictions That's here. scary. Final score and who wins. I said over 51 and a half. Uh, I'll go 20, 20, 28, 24. Is that over 52? Is that over 52? Yes. Yeah. 28, 24 Eagles. Okay. Nate. Uh, I said on the Today Show this morning, 31, 28. Uh, time, time to climb some telephone poles. Grease them up. 27-17 Eagles taking down there with that. So, as long as it's not 10-3 Patriots over the Rams again. <laughs> right. All right, so that will pretty much. Are you a puppy bowl guy? Not to... <laughs> I've not been a puppy bowl guy for a long while, <laughs> admittedly. Do you think this would be the the only Super Bowl we get Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson on the call? Unfortunately. I'm glad. Even though I, I'm a big Kevin Burkhart guy and I'm a bigger Greg Olson guy. I think Greg Olson's really good. In the booth, so Greg's only got a year left. Unfortunate. Fox. If I'm CBS, I'm backing up the Brinks truck. Well, here he'll. You think he'll still go to the B team? Don't you think? If or is Gre- Daryl Johnson just got the B team? Forever? I don't think it's necessarily he's got the B team forever, boy. Greg Olson clearly is not a B crew guy. He's an A crew guy. If you know, if I'm NBC, I mean, he's no Jason. Wick. If I if I'm NBC or if I'm CBS or, I mean, who? I even though I thought he did he did good, like I can't imagine Kirk Herbstreet's like body is like happy with what he was doing this year. Like I, if I'm if I'm any one of the ESPN ABC, it doesn't matter. If I'm one of the other networks, I'm backing up the Brinks truck for Greg Olson at this point. So, uh, but who knows? Maybe he doesn't. Want, I know. Um, I know his son's very big into football, and he's big on coaching him, and who knows what might happen with that. So who knows what might e- we might even get with Greg Wilson. He's a big family guy, so who knows. Um, all right. Before we head out of here, obviously, NBA trade, trade deadline. Already been chaotic. Uh, deadline's today at 3 p.m. Eastern on Thursday the 9th. Um, in fact, before we get to, I think, the Nets stuff here, I think we ought to get to the trade that probably actually got – everything in motion 
and it was weirdly a uh, trade that occurred a few weeks ago that um, I think it's flown under the radar a little bit so far, but um, I think kind of really what got things going was the Lakers getting Rui Achimura from the Wizards and the Lakers sent Kendrick Nunn in three second round picks, which I think... Your guy, Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, none better. Uh, if at the time, we should have saw this coming, especially maybe on the draft capital side of things, that if Rui Achimura demanded, price tag demanded three second round picks plus a Kendrick Nunn, we should have seen this coming from a mile away, the stuff we've seen, I think, price tag-wise. So that fast forwards us to the next trade that occurred four days ago now, technically. The Kyrie Irving to Dallas deal. Uh, the Mavericks received not only Kyrie Irving, but also Markeith Morris. Brooklyn got Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith, a 2029 first-round pick and two second-round picks. All this happened so quickly. Kyrie across the trade gets – I'm just going to call what it is. The Nets held them out of the game on Saturday because they were pissed. And then Sunday, out the door. Um, I think we all expected a Kyrie trade. I don't know. Maybe we expected it at this deadline because this was a, the biggest domino to fall, in my mind, to what we've seen so far. Maybe not necessarily the biggest trade now at this point that we've seen, but certainly the biggest domino to fall in that. Um, I think we all expect this probably some either, you know, he'd walk in the off season, or if they hadn't traded him already after everything that's gone on, they weren't going to trade him. So, uh, crazy deal there. Um, what were your thoughts on that trade at, at this point? Uh, well, Kevin Durant asked for a trade in the right before the season, right? And he, he was still there until this this morning. Uh, which will we, trust us, we will get to it because <laughs> <laughs> there's just a lot to get through to get to it. <laughs> Kyrie Irving asked for a trade. He's gone in 40 hours. <laughs> uh, he was not. They. Um, it's hard because people were saying that, not to jump ahead with the Durant stuff, but mm-hmm. they're saying that the Nets was a failure. It was a failure. But it's not mostly. It's not all on them, the Nets. They only had 88 games where Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant played together. Yeah. In three years. So... In 10, if you want to do the bigger math or open up the window even further, they only had 10 where the original big three of Harden, Durant, and Irving played together. I mean, the Nets had a lot of stuff go wrong for them. Off the, off the court stuff with Kyrie Irving that kept him out of games. Kevin Durant getting, I mean, what's he been hurt three times now with the Nets? It's almost like every Somewhere year. Somewhere like that, yeah. So it's just like, it's not, it's not their fault. They, wanted, they were expecting that these two to be healthy, and if these two were healthy – Maybe they could have made an Eastern Conference final. Maybe an NBA final. And, and, I, and to, to summarize that point, Kyrie said that he felt disrespected by the Nets. And the Nets that. gave him everything. And I, that's the thing, right? Like they, and KD, like they're the ones who wanted Steve Nash. They gave him Steve Nash. That backfired because the moment Steve Nash, and I'm not going to say decided to be a coach, but did his job as a coach, they resented him because it was putting it was, the authority was out of their hands. They fire him. And by the way, I love Jacques Vaughn. I think he's a good coach, but he's got to be the biggest sucker in the NBA because they don't retain him as an interim. They hire mm-hmm. Steve Nash. He stays yeah. on, and now he's the full-time coach for now the next, I believe, three seasons after signing a contract. Like, come on. Anyway. And – I got to give credit, and it normally, look, we know this. You especially know this, Nick. I'm a big player guy, right? I'm a player first guy. But there are certain exceptions to the rule here where ownership and management do have to stand up to these guys. And I think finally they just had enough of Kyrie that when he when he requested a trade, they're just like, yeah, yeah, no problem. It's one less, uh, he- it's one less headache for us to deal the with. The owner is like, it's like we're sending because Kyrie wanted to go to LA. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. we'll send him anywhere but there. Right. We don't care where this man yeah. goes. They send him to Dallas. Dallas, of course, you know, made the Western Conference Finals last year. Mm. They're trying to win a championship this year. I mean, I think anybody could agree. I don't think Kyrie's going to be wearing a Mavericks uniform in 2023, 2024. He's just going to be honest. He's got to be on his right. best behavior here. Because he's a free agent at the end of this year, and he mm-hmm. needs a contract next year. He doesn't want more off-the-court drama because nobody's going to sign him. He can't help himself either, though. I mean, this is clearly a cyclical thing with him at this point, it, and it just is. And you Look, people can say what they want, and I, I don't really care. I've said this to a 
more people that I care to say it with. But Kyrie's the biggest locker room cancer I've ever seen in all sports. He just is. And to be honest, we've all been around like guys like him, whether it's teammates or players we played against in our own organized histories. And we're all happy when the day comes that we don't have to deal with that person anymore. And frankly, it, it goes back to what I always say is my biggest thing whenever I'm either building a team or coaching a team or on a team, right? I care less about how good you are. I care less if you had the basketball, in this case, skills like Michael Jordan. If you don't, if you play for yourself and you don't vibe and, and cause your own drama, I don't want you on the team. Like, I'd rather have a group of 10 to 15 guys who gel well together, who play well together, who feed off each other, who go for one another, than the guy who clearly just rather be out there for himself. And that's just the way it is. And like I said, it's cyclical with him. You brought up a good point, Nick, right? Is he going to be in Dallas next year? Probably not. I don't know where he's going to end up. But here's why I can tell you it's going to happen in 2024-25 when he's on whatever team he's on. We'll do a hypothetical here. Say he's still on Dallas, right? And something that one minuscule thing doesn't go right for him because Luca took a shot and he didn't or something like that, right? So what? We get to talk about how he's a Minnesota Timberwolf now? If we get to do this cycle all over again or something like that? Yeah, like, he's going to keep going. No, like, and that's the thing. Like, how many times are these owners going to – not owners, I guess, but how many times – are we going to buy into this as general basketball fans? Like I said this, I think I said this before the podcast, uh, Kyrie Irving might be the first guy to go in the NBA Hall of Fame without a team because I don't, where, where's his home? He's never had a team. The Celtics are glad he's gone. The Nets are glad he's now, gone. Uh, I, Maybe I, the Cavs? I will say this, and even though the Basketball Hall of Fame is the <laughs> easiest of the Hall of Fames to get into, is he a Hall of Famer? Yeah. You think he is? He won a championship. All right. He's a he's a great player, but he's just off the court yeah. drama. It's just too much. Yeah, I'm, I am so happy. You know, I remember the day that they both signed with the Nets because I'm a big Knicks fan. It was something that day mm. they both signed with the Nets, and I was like, wow. I'll save the rest of my Nets piece for when we get to KD because the Lakers were involved in a big trade yesterday as well. They got swept under the rug by what happened overnight. So the Lakers get. D'Angelo Russell, which is very interesting that they wanted him back after the way the first exit won. <laughs> uh, guard Malik Beasley and forward Jared Vanderbilt. Russell comes from Minnesota. The latter two come from Utah. Minnesota's getting Mike Conley and Akil Alexander-Walker and three second-round picks. Utah is getting Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Damian Jones in a first-round pick in 2027. Westbrook is not playing a single game for the Jazz. He's going to be a buyout guy here within the coming hours. If if not, if Utah thinks they can't flip him for something, which I don't see that happening. He's trying to get a six team in five years. Right. But clearly this is the Lakers, I think, kind of hail marrying something here, see if they can get a run in this year. If not, maybe this is where, in all honesty, we see Kyrie end up in the offseason, to be honest. Uh, but if not – I do like this trade for the Lakers. I, I, I know neither, really any of us in here are big Lakers guys, obviously. But uh, to me, I think this kind of opens up the floor for what they actually kind of can go out and do with the team they have assembled. Um, Westbrook never really fit the bill for that. Um, it was pretty clear that letting, I guess letting at the time, like Caruso walk as opposed to what ended up being, you know, they kept Horton Tucker – He's a jazz. He's a Utah player anyway from this offseason. But and then bringing Juan Toscano Anderson, that didn't work out. And obviously, you know the deal with Rustbrook just never worked out here. I think this this opens up, this opens up the way they can kind of play offense a little bit. I think this allows them to kind of play the way that um, I think not necessarily maximizes LeBron James, but maximizes Anthony Davis. And I think that's really the key part in that for the Lakers. Yeah, it definitely helps them out. The the, the Rory trade and the 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 D'Lo trade. And I'd imagine they're not done yet in theory. Yeah. I mean, it helps them out improve a little bit. But where are they going? Right. They're trying to make the plan. Can they get out of the plan? They get out of the plan. Mm-hmm. They they play. You know. And, and like I said, Denver, I, Memphis. Like I said, to me, I think it, what they're doing is they're doing the hail mary for the year. And if it doesn't work, they just go all in for, for Kyrie in the offseason. It's just crazy. That was Russell Westbrook's last game was the LeBron 
you know, taking the scoring title game. Yeah. And uh, he had, a, I guess he had a heated exchange with uh, Coach Ham there uh, right. at halftime. Which I didn't, it, it was weird watching that game. I ended up watching it. And um, I'm, I'm, if there's history on the line, I, I, I will watch games like that. Just, you know, it, it, was, it was a cool moment to Crazy see. Crazy photos with everyone taking the phone, uh, right. their phones out. Not yeah. Phil Knight, though. So, so yeah, it, it seemed like the Lakers all were kind of on board, just kind of getting LeBron the ball as much as needed. Thoughts and on the Anthony Davis stuff? Do you see it? I kind of had mixed emotions on it. Like, I can't. Him sitting down? Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Obviously, his post game he was disappointed, but you got to remember, they lost that game. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's tough because um, you're in the middle of a game and stuff like that. And I'm sure, he, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he's happy. I'm sure he's thrilled for his teammate, obviously, uh, with LeBron making history. But I think. It might be a little bit take out proportion. I think it might have been just like taking advantage of the opportunity to have an extra like five minutes of rest, <laughs> you know, in the middle of a game. Um, it definitely isn't a good look, though. My dad was telling me he saw something say on ESPN that uh, Anthony Davis has a no celebration clause, so he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, maybe it's a smart move. Hey, <laughs> speaking of celebration, love this deal that the Knicks made last night. Get Josh Hart from Portland. You ship off Cam Reddish, which that didn't work out the way I don't think the Knicks really hope. It was kind of a flyer deal anyway for a guy that wasn't getting much run in Atlanta anyway. Um, send a lottery-protected first-round pick, which is interesting. And then uh, Ryan Archie Diacono, which I had no idea he was a Nick anyway in the first place. And uh, I always mispronounce this guy's name. Sevi Mc... I'm not even going to Svi Mihailuk. Thank you. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. He's so, a lot. I love Svi. But, but I love it. I love this for the Knicks. You get Josh Hart. You can plug in right away into your rotation, if not starting lineup. Great on-ball guy, plays moderate to good defense. I think it's a win-win for the Knicks. Yeah, so they traded away R.J. Barrett's buddy, and they brought in Jalen Brunson's buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the whole Villanova, it was a weird Villanova day yesterday. All right? Mm-hmm. They're at Villanova. The whole Nick team is there besides Reddish. The whole Nick team's there for Brunson's, uh, you got his jersey retired at Villanova? Yes. And uh, R.J. Danakino, Villanova guy, was the one that shipped out for Josh Hart, Villanova guy. Mm-hmm. Then you have Mikel Bridges. We still haven't gotten to the Durant trade, but Mikel Bridges, another Villanova guy, coming to New York. Mm-hmm. Just across of, the bridge. <laughs> yeah, so obviously it's a good move because Reddish was not playing. So Hart's not a bad little role player. Uh, I hope they go 10 deep, keep McBride in the rotation. But you never know what Thibodeau. All right. Yeah, let's get to the biggest trade of the night last night into this morning. Jakob Podol is going to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> By biggest, I mean the tallest and largest in terms of players. Uh, and then I've never heard of this guy, Kim Birch, and some picks are going to San Antonio. But um, Podol is one of those weird names kind of mentioned in the cycle a ton. Um, but, yeah, let's head over because the Phoenix Suns, in a all-out blitz attack here, Get Kevin Durant. They're also going to get TJ Warning. TJ Warren will be interesting to see what they do with him. I don't know if he's going to be a buyout guy or not, but uh, we'll see. And that's obviously Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, four first-round picks in a pick swap in 2028. Hey, I mean, the Nets, I, I think, kind of did what they had to do here a little bit in a way. Uh, if you're Phoenix – I think this kind of shoves maybe some stuff down the throat of people who are like, are they selling off or are they doing because you have Chris Paul rumored in the in an attempt to get Kyrie Irving. It's been a wild year for yeah. the Suns. So this tells me that they're going for it this year. They they see this as their window. Um, the West is pretty much wide open at this point. Um, and clearly they see that as the route to go. I mean – and the Suns have been connected to Kevin Durant for the past couple off seasons too, oddly enough. So it kind of makes you wonder, not to go full um, tamper point here, but you know, kind of makes you wonder who was in talks with who or, or not at certain points. It's interesting. Uh, I think long haul, Nets won this trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, four unprotected first-round picks yeah. for us from a Suns team. Where CP3 is is almost out the door. Kevin Durant, if he keeps getting hurt, will be almost out the door. That Suns team could 
they're going for it this year, but they're going to fade. So, I don't know. They trade away some really good role players. Mikel Bridges, who I don't think's ever missed an NBA game. Cam Johnson, not a bad little player. And then, of course, Jay Crowder hasn't even played. He's been wanting out of there for a while now. But yeah, Crow- Crowder's will be interesting. We'll circle right back now. The that. Nets are going to fade. They're probably not, they're probably might fall in that play-in. Mm-hmm. It's just too many weak teams east for them to fall. The, well, the Nets are that, the Nets in this blow-up process now. One end up with Ben Simmons in the divorce process. Oh yeah, he's uh, still on the team. And two, they're going to be selling. Like they're they're going to get more assets here because they have a plethora of more or less three and D guys now on that roster. So uh, there hasn't been a ton of rumors really here the past couple hours. Um, I'm guessing that's just because whether it's teams are just on the phone now constantly and sources aren't getting to people who need to talk type thing. But like, look, all right, Jay Crowder's not going to be a Brooklyn Net. I, I would be surprised if he played a minute as a Brooklyn Net. Um, you know, so where does he end up? Milwaukee could use a guy like that. Miami has been connected to that. You know, if you're the Knicks, could you take a run at that maybe? I don't know if he necessarily, Carter specifically fits that mold that they're looking for, but it's, you know, one of those things where it's like, clearly we know who the buyers and sellers are going to be at this deadline now, right? We know the Nets are going to be sellers. We know the Pistons are going to be sellers. Um, Minnesota giving us selling vibes, right? Although I don't know what assets anybody really wants from then, from then now outside of maybe like Nas Reed um, could be interesting. You know, could Atlanta be selling, you know, John Collins name keeps coming up. Uh, Bogdanovich's name keeps coming up. Obviously we could be in a scenario where the Bogdanovich's Boyan and Bogdan could both be teammates here uh, potentially somewhere down the line uh, for both connected to the Lakers. So um, it's going to be kind of hectic there. So, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild in my mind, the Nets, to just kind of go full circle with it. The team that – it's more or less a team that never was. It really is when you think about it. It's got to be – it, it will go down, I think, when all said and done. And you say we look out five years from now and look back on it. it it's got to be one of the biggest what-ifs in NBA history. It really does. Because there's no way, in theory, that should not have worked. It, it never – it just never got going. Do you think Durant can win outside of the Warriors? I mean, I'd like to think so. I mean, he got he got to the finals. CP3 is taking a step well, down. This year. Well, he he got there with the Thunder, right? He got to an NBA Finals with the Thunder. And I know, right? He was with Westbrook, and, and he, he was, was a younger. He, man. he was with Harden, and he was with other guys who were really good. But you know, he can make the case that he's coming into a albeit maybe flip-flop timeline scenario, he's going to a similar situation with the Suns. I mean, I know CP3 has re- – he's regressed in some ways, but, like, he also – like, there are some games you watch, and it's like, yeah, that's still CP3 out there. It's tough because, man, like, I Booker, – Booker's coming back sooner than later. They, they were able to keep Aiton and all of this. The part I don't like is the fact that Michael Bridges is gone. I – just I know look, Bridges and Durant are not on the same level. You know, Bridges is probably still a couple rungs below Durant, but Bridges is such a good player. Like he to never me never misses a game. To me, he's such a difference maker when it push comes to shove with some stuff. Like that's a that's a guy right there that I feel like would make the difference for Phoenix in a in a Moment, say you need a stop and pop shot. Oh, you got me sold. He's better than KD. Okay, I'm happy. I'm happy to work you work you over as GM here. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, another team I kind of forgot about in the selling here is going to be Toronto. Be interesting to kind of see what happens there a little bit. I mean, OJ Anubi, he wants a bigger role, or where will he end up? So going to the Suns, you think? Another way defender. Or the Grizzlies? Yeah, maybe? I mean, I'd see. Has anything happened in the last hour? No, nothing's happened in the last nope, hour. I got this my Woj bomb notifications on just in case right now. I, this is where I don't want to say teams become petty with one another. But, like, this is where, you know, we saw it right with Brooklyn. Brooklyn wasn't going to send Kyrie to the Lakers. You know, if Phoenix got this deal for Durant, 
like they're like Toronto should justifiably ask for probably some higher capital than they maybe usually would have gotten back for OG in the first place. You know, like if you want him that bad, here's the price. Come and get him. You know, kind of play that role. I I don't know. I, I a good point here is actually from Brian Windhorse, and you know, he said this uh, this morning, and I'll. I'll read the quote here it won't be a bidding war if you are the lakers grizzlies pelicans you're like i have to keep staffing up that's why the nets who have all the extra players now are going to be selling the raptors potentially thinking about selling the pistons with bogdanovich so it's going to be a complete wave and wave and wave of ripples here and the lakers will be in the middle of it so he was saying that specifically about the lakers and even the grizzlies and pelicans but um it's one of those things where he's bringing up a good point where it's because of what's happened now, you know, the price tag for these guys is probably just going to increase each trade more or less at this point, especially amongst these teams, right? Who, you know, if you're Toronto, you still have a nucleus there. I don't know really what's going on, but you have a nucleus there that should be playing better than they are and probably should not be in the spot that they are. Like, do you really want to bust that up if you think a problem is already been identified yeah. you know so it will be something to keep an eye as we move forward throughout the day i only have one last question for you <laughs> do you think aaron Rodgers is going to break any news during the super bowl <laughs> no <laughs> i think that's actually when he's doing that dark room meditation thing he's doing so i don't know he's a good guy yeah <laughs> So that will wrap up Fresh Takes Then for today. Uh, Nick, who are you shouting out today? I'm going to shout out my friend uh, Marquise Patterson, nicknamed Q. Q. Uh, it's his birthday, oh. Valentine's Day. Happy birthday to Q next week, then. Next, yeah, Tuesday. Shout, uh, shout out Q. Happy birthday. Um, pitchers and catchers report next week as well. It's true. Getting excited? Yeah. I'm thrilled. Happy. Ready to go. Ready for baseball. Definitely am ready for baseball. <laughs> yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. All right, Nate Sharman behind the scenes. I appreciate you as always assisting. Uh, for Nick Felice, I'm Paul Russo. Like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff. Find us anytime on YouTube, uh, Spotify, and Anchor. We'll catch you next Thursday. Recap Super Bowl and everything like that here on Fresh Takes. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody.